as you can see, some of, thank you, Will, some, some of us seem a little bit older than 18. That is because we have some parents here. Give it up for the parents. Woo! If you, if you have a child, uh, whether it be teenager or, or just a youngster or, or, uh, in the building right now, why don't you uh, stand up real quick? We just want to honor you guys. So if you are a parent, stand up. Everybody, those are your parents of Elevate right now. Praise God. Amen, amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you, guys. So we've been in a sermon series recently. What has it been? No, not the one. That was like a month ago, right? Who said it? He gives. No, not the two. Maybe the three and one. But go ahead. Say it for everyone in the back, Josie. He gives. Amen. Everybody say, he gives. He gives, right? So we first spoke about how he gives everything he owns, right? All of the world, all of his creation, he owns everything, yet he decides to give it to us and share it with us. Then we spoke about how he gives everything, everything. Everybody say everything. Everything we need. Everything we need for a godly life and just life in general. Then we learned yesterday he gives what? Ooh. I mean yesterday. Try to give y'all a pop quiz. I need a... About a week ago, yes. Purpose. Say it loud. Who said that? Oh, I, I see you. I see you. Okay, for sure. For sure. That was our first week last. That was your first week last week, right? Awesome, awesome. So he gives purpose. That's what we spoke about, right? This week, it's our family potluck. Everybody ready to slam? All right. If you're ready to slam, say amen. Amen. We's about to slam. We about to get in on some macaroni and cheese, man. TJ hooked it up with some baked macaroni and cheese. Oh, man, I'm ready to dig in. I'm ready to dig in. But before we dig into the food, we got to dig into the word because that's the bread of life, right? So, <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the gift under the cross, right? The gift under the cross. An illustration here goes how, you know, you wake up on a, on a, on a, on a, a certain Saturday, right? Or today, well, it's going to be a Tuesday, I think. You guys know where I'm going. What season? Are, what, what, what holiday are we about to celebrate right now? Christmas, right? Does anybody know what, does anybody know what day Christmas falls on? Tuesday, right? Christmas going up on a Tuesday. Let's go. So on a Tuesday, right, we're going to wake up in the morning. We're going to look. Some of us, you know, some of us are blessed like this. Some of us, we don't got a Christmas tree. Some of us, we're bougie. We got a, we got a you know, one of those, uh, what are those things called? It's where we put wood in. We got fire. Fireplace. Some of all, we crowd around the fireplace because we got it like that, and we open up our gifts, right? So here's the thing, though. We wake up on Tuesday. We want these gifts. That's what we're waiting for. We're anticipating it, and sometimes we're so ready for the season, the holiday, that we forget the reason for the season. You know that cliche, but it's a true cliche. Some cliches are just too true not to repeat. So here's the thing. What is the reason for the season, right? Why are we celebrating Christmas? Boom, man, little man over here got it, y'all. Mac, hey, man, give his hand. He knows, he knows. He's been paying attention to King's Kids. Praise God for King's Kids, right? So here's the thing. We are celebrating the birth of Jesus. Now, why is that, why is that worth celebrating? I mean, Abraham Lincoln was born. We don't celebrate his birth, right? We don't celebrate Honest Abe's birth. I mean, Lawrence Rodriguez, he's pretty close to Abraham Lincoln in goodness and honesty, right? We don't celebrate the birth of, well, sometimes we do. We got a birthday, but it's not a holiday. Why are we celebrating the birth of Jesus? Why is it important? 
Well, yeah, because he died on the cross. But even before that, Jesus is God. That's crazy that God became a baby, right? So if you have someone that, you know, has a baby or you yourself have a baby, guess what? Jesus came in that way. So here's the thing, right? A lot of you guys don't understand the narrative of what happened, right? Mary, right, that's Jesus' mama, right? She was not a virgin her whole life, but when she gave birth to Jesus, she was a virgin. So a Gabriel the angel tells her, you're going to have a baby. He's going to be called Emmanuel, Emmanuel, alluding to the prophecy. Then, right, she's a virgin. She's about 16, 17 years old. People are like, wait, how are you pregnant? Whatever. They're not believing her. She then travels, right, flees with her husband. They go now to uh, Egypt. Well, not Egypt first, but they go to Bethlehem. They try to go inside an inn. They don't even let them in the inn. So, so then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, go to this barn and... and all of a sudden, Mary gives birth to Jesus in pre- pretty much a barn, a manger. You know, you got, you got the pigs, you got the, the cow, you got a real good southern story, you know what I'm saying? So here's the thing, that's how Jesus came to be. He was born like that. If you're in the Conquerors yesterday, we talked a little bit about that. So Jesus was born in a humble way. He came, and actually, he was our Savior So our Savior was born. We're celebrating this, and this is the reason for the season, but a lot of us, we miss it, right? We're so focused on the gift under the tree that we don't care about the gift under the cross, right? But here's the thing, right? We think it's so great, the materialistic things we can buy, the things we can have, the things we can purchase for our own money, the the people we can please when we buy them stuff, and we're thinking, man, this is what it's got to be, man. My my Christmas got to be good if I can do all these things, but the truth is, right, is anything greater than the gift under the cross? And the answer is no, Nothing is. And let's, let's really find out why, right? You know, a lot of people think, man, you know, God is good, right? We, we all just said that, but they don't know why God is good. They understand the reason for the season, but they don't know how that changes their life. So the reason why this gift, right, the gift under the cross is greater than anything, for one, is free. Everybody say free. Free. I love free stuff, okay? Today, I stopped by Tony's. They had free uh, deli. Yo, I slammed down five. I took one. I was like, man, that's good. I ain't going to grab another one. Then they had another uh, different type of ham. I was like, damn, I got to try, try that ham. And then I saw turkey. I said, man, turkey? I got to have that turkey. Then I saw roast beef. I saw that roast beef. I had to. It was free. I had to get it. You know, free things, right? So then after that, right, the reason why this gift is important is the gift is worth everything you have. I mean, everything. Everybody say everything. Everything you have And then not only that, but you can build your life on this gift. You can build your life on this gift. So if we can go to Romans 6, 23, if you have your Bible, wave it in the air, but you better care. Like that, Lawrence? So, right, if we were at Romans 6, 23, everybody say there. There. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Jesus, Christ Jesus, our Lord. So right here it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So for, you, for some of you that don't know wages, that's like when you're getting paid. When you get that paycheck, I mean, your wages, that's how they used to speak back then. So those are your wages. You work for it. But it says the wages of sin. So working for sin, what does it necessarily give you? Death. But now it, 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 
basically does a flip side. It says, but the gift, the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So now we understand what is the gift under the cross. What do we go to the cross for? We go for eternal life. And a lot of us may know that, some of us don't, but Jesus, he didn't just stay a baby forever. It's not just baby Jesus pooping in his diapers, right? But it's Jesus, the risen king. He died on a cross, bloody, dripping, gushing with just his own blood, and then he died and he rose again after three days. That's the gospel. We believe that and it changes lives. But here's the thing. On that cross, right, it says free, and a lot of us think free is associated with cheap. Like, if I had a free Gucci belt, you'd think, man, that's fake. I don't know where you got that Gucci belt, but it's fake. You need to get a real one. If I had, you know, let's say a bootleg movie, right? It was free. It's a bootleg. I'm watching it, but it's cheap. You know, you got people standing up and everything. You associate free with cheap. But this is no bootleg gift that God is giving. This is no fake gift God is giving. This gift, even though it's free for us, it costs a lot. It costs a lot. It costs the life of Jesus. It cost the life of Jesus. So Jesus actually paid for it. This gift that we get, it's not something to be thrown away like some, uh, some uh, you know, uh, elephant Christmas gift or whatever or some pair of socks you got from your aunt. It's not like that. This gift is, it costed so much. It costed an eternal amount. It costed the life of Jesus, but it's paid for. If you can go to Matthew 20, 28, please. So this gift is paid for. Just as the Son of Man, when they say Son of Man in the Bible, it's not talking about a literal, like, just regular person, but it's talking about Jesus. Jesus referring to himself like this. He said, but the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. We understand a ransom is when, you know, you, you purchase something and you're willing to give it up if someone pays a price. So Jesus paid a price for us. If we can go to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, I want you guys to understand how he paid for it. It says right here, do you not know that your bodies, everybody say bodies. Bodies, that means all of you, everything, everything about you are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from, from God, right? You are not your own, you were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So here's the thing, there is a price in this gift, this gift was not just something that God just threw at you. It wasn't, it wasn't just a, a side, you know, gift or whatever, like he was in a rush and he didn't plan it or anything. No, God had planned it since the beginning of time to give us this gift. The gift under the cross was planned to be given to you, Sean. It was planned to be given to you, Victor. It was planned to be given to all of us here at the cost of Jesus' life from the beginning of time. So here's the thing, the gift of life, and it, it, it's not temporary. So many times, you know, we think gifts, they're, they're going to last forever, man. Like a lot of, how many of our parents are buying video games for your kids right now? Man, you guys aren't raising hands. You guys are, you guys some, <laughs> some strict parents. I don't know if y'all, y'all for real, but here's the thing, right? Those video games, they come and they go. I remember when Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out, and everyone thought that was the game of the century, but then all of a sudden, right? Modern Warfare 2 came out. Then I was like hearing that that was the game of the century. These games came and they played the entertainment and the value of the gift came and it went. But this value, this gift, right, is eternal life. It's eternal. It's forever. It's everlasting. When all of a sudden nations, they crumble, they fall. When gifts that you give to people deteriorate, 
the gift of God still keeps going. It is still valuable. And where is this gift found? Is it found in church? Is it found like, I know it's, it's under the cross, but who was at the cross? Jesus. If we go to Romans 6.23 again. So the gift, right? The gift of God is eternal life forever, life forever, everlasting life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is found right in Christ. You can try to go to the left of Christ. You can try to go to Muhammad. You can try to go to some New Age stuff. You can try to uh, find it in Fortnite. There's no eternal life in Fortnite. Only just wasted hours and lots of pop and, and food. But anyway, there's no eternal life in Fortnite. You can look at the gift under your tree. You can shake the box and everything. You can open it with, with expectation. But guess what? It's still a gift that won't last. It still won't last. Everything you've been given in this life, including your very life itself, but it, it won't last. 60 to 70 years, boom, it's gone. The clothes you have, if you're 11 and you're getting a growth spurt, guess what? You're going to need new clothes. Those are gone. So here's the thing. If all these gifts are gone and we're, 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 we understand that, why is it, why is it that we don't understand the worth of this gift? Why don't we understand it? So many of us, we, we understand there's a Jesus. We understand there's a God, but we think he's not worth living for. We would honestly argue, we would argue against 1 Corinthians that says we are to, we are not owning, we don't own our body. We don't own our body. And a lot of you guys said it, you know, you repeated after me, but you didn't really think about it. That literally we were bought with a price. God paid for our salvation. He owns all of us. Therefore, we don't really own anything. You guys would argue that to the, to the death of you. You would say, I do me. I don't care about Jesus. Or, you know, I go to church. It don't matter. But you're in complete warfare with the Bible. You're in complete, uh, you're in complete disagreement with what God is actually saying. So here's the thing, right? If we can go to Matthew 13, 40 to 44 to 45. This is a free gift. It's free. You don't have to work for it. God ain't pulling strings like, hey, man, here you go. Like, ever seen that? that it's an old commercial, right? But, you know, you got that Allstate commercial. He got the dollar, right? He has the dollar on the fishing pole, and then the, the person's trying to get it. Then all of a sudden he reels it back. He's like, oh, you got to be quicker than that. God is not like that with salvation, okay? He's not like that. Literally, it's there. You can have it. You just have to receive it, plain and simple. So if you're still working to get saved and you're going to church, you're like, man, I don't know if I'm saved. You're still trying to find God. I don't even know what that means. People be like, I'm trying to find God, yo. I'm just seeking the Lord. I haven't found them yet. I'm like, did you try under your couch? He's like, man, I tried there. I'm like, did you, where are you looking, bro? Where are you finding them? But we all know where to find God. It's under the cross, right? That's plain and simple. We meet Jesus there. So here's the thing, right? It's an eternally free gift. The gift is worth everything you own. If we can go to Matthew, uh, Matthew 13, 44 to 45, say everything. Everything. Everything, everything including everything, right? Everything is including everything, right? It's pretty redundant, but we need to understand that. Is your house everything? I need some a little participation with you guys. Is your house everything? Yes or no? So your, your house is not included in everything. So, so Jesus isn't worth everything. You know, he, he's worth everything, but forget your house. So every, your house is included in everything. I, I would assume that, right? What about your, your family? Is your family included in everything? Yes, yeah, some of y'all saying no, but it is. Is your job included in everything? Yes. So with everything, Jesus, right? Jesus, the gift that he gives, is worth everything you own. 
In Matthew 13, 44 to 45, it says the kingdom of heaven, which I, I believe eternal life and the kingdom of heaven, it coincides. It's the same thing. Is like the treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in joy, he went and sold all he had. How much? He sold what? Some of, all he had? Some of what he had? He sold all he had, and he bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. If you can go to the, ne- uh, the next slide, sir. It's like a merchant looking for fine fields, fi- uh, for fine, fine pearls, and he sells everything he has. So here's the thing, right? This man saw that it was worth everything to have this treasure. But do we view the gift under the cross, what God has to give us, as a treasure? A lot of you guys don't understand that. Like, man, why is this dude randomly searching through a field? Why did he randomly find a treasure? I don't know if you guys ever seen the, the little uh, the thing that they go on the beach with. They got the, like, the little metal detector. Boom. The metal detector, right? You go through the beach. They're like, man, what are you looking for? I'm looking for treasure, right? Like, I don't know if anyone still does that or anything, but when I was young, that was like a way that people wanted to get rich. So they would look in the field or like the beach or whatever, try to find something, and when they found it, they would sell it, okay? But this man stumbles upon something, and instead of... Instead of uh, Instead of just taking it, he understands he ha- that there's a price to it, that this is valuable, that he's willing to sell everything he has just to buy this field so he can have this treasure. It wasn't the field that attracted him. A lot of us, we come to Jesus for the wrong reason. We come for the field. Some of you come to the field today. You come because you just want your kids to be better. Like, man, I just want my kids to be better. I want them to succeed. But when it comes to God changing your life, you're like, oh, nope, can't touch that. Nope, God, ain't worth it. That price ain't too much. But then here's the thing, right? When you come for the field, you miss out on the treasure. You don't understand how valuable the treasure is. Some of you guys come just to be a better person. Like you come to God, you're like, God, I just want to be a better person. I just want to improve myself. You're coming for the field. You want to look better. You want to seem better. But you're missing out on everything. The treasure is the kingdom of God. It's always been that. It's never been about your feelings. It's never been about your money. It's never been about the blessings that you want. It's always been about the kingdom of God. Because you can say, man, God, I need need to be blessed with all this, God, but all this will be gone. Your your job, I'm going to be blessed with a job. God blesses you with a job, but is that job sustainable forever? No. Let's say you hurt yourself on the job. Boom, you can't work there. Oh, man, I'm just doing it for my kids, man. God, I just want to serve you for my kids. What happens when your kids no longer want want to be with you anymore? It happens, parents. Your kids no longer want to be with you. Is all of a sudden God now wrong? No, it's always been about the kingdom of God. It's always been about his kingdom. Because here's the thing. Your families, they may fall apart. Your job, they may be gone. But here's the thing. The kingdom of God, regardless of whether you're obedient or disobedient, it keeps going. It keeps going. It's eternal. It never stops. You can never put a, a, uh, a blockage to the kingdom of God. It keeps going. The gates of hell won't prevail. What do you think you will do? What do you think your job will do? So here's the thing, right? This treasure is more valuable than the field. He understands that. And in his joy, if we can go back to uh, Matthew, that verse, uh, Matthew 13, 44. It doesn't say he begrudgingly was like, oh, gosh, I got to sell this whole field to get this treasure. Dang, man, I got to give up pornography. Oh, man, dude. Oh, dang, I got to stop checking out these females. Oh, man, nope, nope. I got to actually love my wife. I actually got to love my husband. I actually got to treat my kids with, with, uh, with respect. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. 
right? There's not enough joy. There's, not, there's no joy for that guy. That's not fun. But here's the thing. This guy was willing to sell all he had, and what was his, what was his emotion? What was his emotion? Joy. But some of us, we have a sin that we're holding on to. We have a thing that we don't want to let go. We don't want to get to give to God. So instead, we hold it to ourselves. We say, nah, God, I don't have, we don't, we don't say with joy, here you go, God. We say, oh, do I really, do I really have to sell everything I have just to find this one treasure, just to have this one eternal treasure? And here's the thing, you know, we, we, we have a lot of things in our life. Like a lot of us don't understand just how wealthy America is. America is. I mean, even poor people still have a food on their, on their table almost every night. It, it's, it's crazy. And, and, and not only that, but you're saying, man, you know, I'm kind of broken. You got an iPhone. Like, just think about that. If people had an iPhone back then, dude, they'd be millionaires. Matter of fact, the, the computer that put us on the moon, yeah, that was less advanced than our own phones. We are in an age where it's like it doesn't even matter. We are successful. We are blessed. We are prosperous. But we have nothing. And that is why you see so many people committing suicide. That's why you see so many people depressed. That's why you see so many people searching, searching, searching. You got all these religions popping up. They're like, man, I don't know what's, the, what's, up, what's up with me. What's up with this hole inside my chest? I don't know. I have anxiety. I feel like I don't know what to do in life. But then all of a sudden, here comes, right? You, they stumble upon the treasure that is the kingdom of God, and they look at it, but they don't have joy in giving everything up for it. And here's the thing. Right? Just like he sold everything, right? Are you willing to sell everything? I'm not saying all of you guys all of a sudden have to sell all your houses, do, do everything like that to be saved. I'm not saying that. But it's all about understanding the worth that the, of the gift, the worth of the kingdom of God, which is the gift found at the cross. If we can go to Luke 18, 18 through 25, I feel like many of us are stuck in this predicament. We're, we're, we're like the young rich ruler that Jesus spoke about. He says right here, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He wants to get this gift. He wants to find out, how can I earn this gift? How can I earn this gift? Which ways do I have to go? What loopholes do I have to go through? What, what religious things do I have to do? How many times do I have to go to church, God? Come on. If I go just like, you know, on Christmas and Easter, would that be good? If I go every, every once in a while, would that be good, God? Hey, Amen, God, if I just stop cussing. We good, right? So, you know, he wants to know, how must I inherit eternal life? He says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. He is God. It's a little sarcasm. Jesus is good at that. He says, Jesus is like, okay, fine. You know the commandments, right? You, not, you shall not commit adultery. Someone must say, man, I've never committed adultery, right? He says, you shall not murder, right? If we can go to the next slide. You shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your mother and your father. And a lot of us will reply back to Jesus like this. All these I've kept since I was a boy. Man, I got good grades, Jesus. I don't really need you like that. I mean, I got a 3.2 GPA. Some of us, that's a little too generous. Got a 2.5. That's still decent. That's still decent. Some of us got a 1.6. We just don't care. But here's the thing, right? This man was like, I'm good. I've been doing this since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, okay, you lack one thing. Then he continues to say, go and sell everything. Get everything you have, every little thing you have, and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, the young rich ruler, he became very sad. Everybody say sad. Maybe make the little thing look sad. 
right? This man was sad. He was depressed. He's like, dang, really, God? Because he was very wealthy, Jesus looked at him and said, if we can continue, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Why did the young rich ruler deny this gift? Because Jesus answered it. He wanted to know, how worthy do you think this gift is? I hear your question. He heard him. He's like, okay, you want to know how to inherit it? I'm telling you, but you just don't care. You're not willing to risk everything. So here's the thing, guys. He thought what he had, his wealth, all the things he was doing was more worthy than what God was doing. He thought his kingdom as the young rich ruler, right, his kingdom with all his wealth, his money, all the people he has been his backside, right, is better than the kingdom of God. But yet we're all thinking, what an idiot, man. If only he knew this guy's going to resurrect. If only he knew that this guy is the risen king. But yet some of you know that and you still walk away sad. You're still like the young rich ruler. God's like, I have a gift for you. It's eternal life. It's the kingdom of God. It's worth more than anything you ever have, you can ever get, ever have, ever steal, ever buy. It's worth more than anything. But yet you understand, dang, if I have this gift, I got to let go of all the other garbage I have in this hand. But I love this garbage. I love my wealth. I love what I have. I don't want to let go. And then you reject the gift. And here's the thing, you're going to walk away sad every time. Every time you hear the word, every time you hear God speaking to you, you're going to walk away sad every time. Because it's going to be the same thing over and over and over again. If the young rich ruler came back, he's like, God, did you change your mind yet? He's like, nope, sell to the poor. He's going to go back sad again. And some of us are like that. We think we can come back to the cross and be like, Man, you know, I see it and everything. I still don't want to give up, you know, my, my sin, my pornography, uh, the lust that I have in my heart. Man, my job, even though I put my job over everything. Oh, you, I, I don't, God, I don't want to put my kids after you, God. That's crazy. What do you mean? That family first. Oh, God, you want me to put my money after you? No, God, you got to understand this is my kingdom. So we walk away sad just like the young root ruler every time. So there's two different people that Jesus speaks about. He speaks about the man, right, who, who found the treasure, and he saw the worth in the treasure, so he was willing to sell everything. He was willing to sell Fortnite. He was willing to sell everything he had, everything, all the friends, everything. He doesn't matter what he has. He knows this treasure is worth everything. But then there's the other guy who saw his wealth, right? He saw what Jesus was giving him, the gift of eternal life, and he saw what he had, and he decided, you know what? I'll risk it. I think I'm good, God. I think I'm good. And a lot of us, we think we're good. We think we're good. We, we don't want to go to the gift of the, we don't want to find the gift under the cross because when we go there, we understand our gift ain't worth much, right? Hey, your, your school, hey, ain't worth much. And be honest. I'm going to be honest, your grades, you may get a 4.0 GPA, but with that 4.0 GPA, you'll bust hell wide open. You may think, oh, man, you know what? I mean, I, 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 I do good in sports. I'm a sports guy. And you may be the family of the sports guy, right? The soccer mom. You always have your kids playing sports, and you're thinking you're doing such a great job. Guess what? You and the soccer ball will bust hell wide open. That's just the truth. And here's the thing. God is saying, listen, I'm better than soccer. And you're saying, mm -mm, not really. Not really. Oh, I'm better than I'm better than this girl that you've been you've been forsaking God for. You've been forsaking me for. I'm better than these friends you've been forsaking God for. They're not a gift. I'm the gift. But we're saying, nah. 
When we go to the cross, we look at our idols that we all have stacked up in our lives, and we say, this is better. So here's the thing, right? What happens now when we put the idols and we try to build our life on this? When we try to build our life on it? Well, let's find out if we can go to Matthew 7, 21 to 27. Everybody say foundation. See, right here, the kingdom of God, the gift that we find under the cross, this is better than anything you could ever have. I said this, but it's also the only thing that will still stand. I was alluding to it earlier, but Jesus speaks about this, right? He speak, I, want, I want to read from this verse on, and then I want to explain how it connects. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the, one, the only one who does the will of my Father and who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord... Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them, away, uh, I never knew you, away from me, you evildoers. In other translations, it says, you worker of iniquity. We understand that the wage of sin is death. He's talking to that person who's earned his wage, and he says, away from me, you evildoer. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock, who built his house on the rock. See, here's the thing. What is the kingdom of God? A lot of people back in then, when Jesus was talking about it, they think, man, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is there. It's on this mountain. It's in this house. But Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. You see, the kingdom of God is literally the gospel, right, in the believer. Plain and simple. That is the kingdom of God. That God, right, He's flipping the whole world upside down, and we are a part of it. It's his world. It's his order of things, how he sees the world. That is the kingdom of God. And it says right here, right, and in the kingdom of God, whose words are being spoken? Who is leading us? Who is ruling over us? Jesus. It's his words, his teachings. And it says right here, therefore, if any, everyone hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. If we can go to the next slide, sir. The rain came out, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had, a founda- it had its foundation on the rock. So here's the thing, right? With this gift, this eternal life, the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter what comes against this gift. It doesn't matter what comes against the kingdom of God. It stands. It's not moving. It's not shaking. It doesn't matter what comes against it or what tries to destroy it. It stands. But then on the flip side, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, it's like a foolish man. Everybody say fool. But say like the fool. There you go. Thank you. Man, a foolish man who built his house on sand. I don't know if y'all ever went to a beach and ever tried to make a sand castle. I suck at those. I'm not even going to talk about all my attempts. But they're pretty easy to knock down. Literally, you know, you've, you, you can just kind of like kick it and it's done. You know, it's over. That's kind of fun too. But here's the thing. This is what it's saying. That the rain came down, the streams rose, and... The winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. So here's the thing. When you build your house, right, you build your life on the kingdom of God, it stands. 
How do you build your house on the kingdom of God? You hear the word, right? Everything I've been speaking to you is not my opinion. It's not, it's not anyone else's opinion. It's literally the word of God. You hear it. Now you put it into practice, plain and simple. That's the kingdom of God. You hear what the ruler of the kingdom of God is saying, and you do it. So you don't just say, God's like, hey, man, uh, don't talk to that dude. And you're like, dang, God, what you say? Sorry, God, I need a hearing aid. I ain't hearing you right. I think you said, stop talking to that guy. You say, hey, ain't good for me? Nah, God, I don't know here. I'll come back to you later. But the whole time, we're building our, our life on this relationship that's built on sand. And boom, when the waves come, he cheated on you with three of your best friends. Now, guess what? Oh, well. Right? Or you're a guy, you know, and, you, and you're saying, man, God, you know, uh, you, I don't want to stop watching pornography. You said, what? Stop watching pornography. Wait, you said money ain't first? Money ain't everything? Ah, nah, God, you know, nah, not, not, nah, God, I got to put my money first. You're going to feed, today we're evangelizing, and some dude was like talking back to us, and we said basically, dude, you need Jesus. He's like, hey, is Jesus going to feed me? Is Jesus going to feed me? Is he going to put food on my table? We all know God blesses those who seek his kingdom, but here's the whole thing is that he's willing to say, hey, man, Jesus don't feed me. I got to get that money, right? But let's see where his money is when he dies. Let's see where his money is when he's lost his life. It doesn't matter what's in your bank account. The minute you pass away, it's over. It ain't even yours anymore. The money you stored up here is going to go to someone else. So here's the thing, right? We build our house on the sand. We build our life on seeking sand. And the minute something comes, it's done. But here's the thing, right? With Matthew 6, if you can put that up here, Jesus helps us. He helps us understand. And I'm gonna, I want to tie it in here. It says in Matthew 6, that if we seek... First, the kingdom of God and its righteousness, everything else will be given to us. So Matthew 6, basically says if we seek the kingdom of God, if we seek it out, how do we seek it out? Well, it's like this, right? Instead of doing what you used to do as a sinner, right? That means cussing people out, getting angry, uh, beating your kids to the point where they don't like you no more. Uh, basically, being apathetic, working, putting your job before the Lord and his house, right? You, all these things, right? You no longer do it. Instead, you listen to the ruler. You listen to the kingdom of God. What is God saying right now in this situation? You go to the word of God. You see what he's saying. A lot of you guys just simply need to repent. You need to repent. You need to turn away from your life that you're living right now, and you need to change your mind, live for Jesus. Put the faith that you have in yourself. Some of y'all are independent women, independent men. You need to take that out and put it in Jesus because everything else you put it in, it's just sand. It's just sand. You see, when, Je when you go up to Jesus now and you built your house on everything but him, on the kingdom of God, you know what he's going to say, say to you? He's not going to say, man, dude, you, man, you had a killer, you know, you had, you, you're, dude, you're a dope, man. You had the best shoes ever in fourth grade. Oh, man, dude, in high school, bro, the way you threw that football, bro, best quarterback I dang see, man. Welcome, man. You, you deserve heaven, right? You build your house on your family. Man, you had three kids. You good. Come through. Hey, man, you, rose, you raised your kids pretty decent, man. You're all right. Oh, man, you, never, you didn't cuss at your parents too much? That's awesome. You get through. No, no. If you built your house on sand, he's going to say, away from me, you evildoer, you worker of iniquity. Then he directs us now to build our life, build everything we have on this gift, the kingdom of God. If all of you guys can stand, if I can have my altar workers come up. 
So here's the thing, guys. A lot of you guys may have heard this before, and you're, you're saying, man, I've heard this before. This is nothing new. I've been going to church for 20 years, 15 years. But you look at your life, you're suffering from adultery. You're suffering from lust. Your kids don't love you. You don't love your kids. Uh, kids in here, you don't care about what your parents are saying. You don't care whether God is saying don't sin, and you, you rather do you. I know. I get what you're saying. You've heard it before, but then why aren't you putting into practice? Why aren't you putting it into practice? Why haven't you said, God, I understand this life is nothing but sinking sand without you. If I can have Stephanie up, please. This life is nothing without you, God. I will build my life now on you, on the kingdom of God. If you're not saying that after hearing this, after hearing the truth, then the Bible says that you are a worker of iniquity. That, listen, you're looking at the gift under the cross. You're looking at the price Jesus paid you're looking at the blood-dripped Jesus. You're looking at every time he got lashed, every time he got hit. You're basically saying to that Jesus that was crucified, you're not worth it. Your price you paid, nah, it wasn't enough. So every time you reject what God is saying to you, the kingdom of God, you are looking at him and saying, there's no value there. It's not worth it. Pretty much, that's it. Be honest with yourself. If you are not living for Christ, if you are not in his kingdom, if you're not putting into practice the words that he is saying, you are of no, you have no conscience, no idea how valuable Christ is. Nothing. Christ is but garbage to you. That's what it is. Christ is either Lord of all, Lord of nothing. That's what the Bible teaches. So if we can all turn uh, to James, or you can put James 2.10 up. We're going to have an altar call. If, if you're new here, if I can have a female work, uh, altar worker will come up. If you're new here, we basically want to pray with you. If you're a parent, if you have a child, bring your family up with you. We want to pray with you. If you came by your own and this word still impacted you, I want you to come up because Jesus is worth it. He is worth it. No matter what you've been through, right? No matter how many times you've sinned and you've fallen away from God, this is the opportunity now where you can hear God's voice and you can repent. You can repent. So here's the thing. Actually, that's the wrong verse, but just put back up Matthew 6, 33, please. I want you guys to understand this. It takes humility. You have to look at your life. You have to look at your friends. You have to look at everything in your life, your, uh, you like in life, everything you appreciate, hold dear to you, and then you have to look at Jesus. You determine the worth. You determine the worth. You, you either say, hey, my family's more important, I can't serve God, or you say, my friends are too important, I can't serve God, or you say, even my leisure time, my entertainment, the things I do for fun, my sin, is worth more than God. It's up to you. It's really up to you, my friend. I, I only told you the truth. God is telling you now. It's now up to you whether you want to obey him or not. So if everyone can bow their heads and close their eyes as we begin to pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word, Jesus, that you are worth it all, Lord. I thank you for the price you paid. The price you paid on the cross where really the blood of God was shed on sinners. For those who disobeyed you, for those who rejected you, for those who put you to the cross, you died for them. Lord, what a price, God. I pray for everyone here, Lord, that heard this word, that they would put into practice the kingdom of God, that they would hear your words, they would hear your teachings, they would repent, and they would serve you, God. I pray that we would all humble ourselves, 
that we would humble ourselves before you instead of getting down on our knees under a Christmas tree, that we would get on our knees before a cross, an almighty God who loves us, and we would say, God, save me. I pray this for everyone here, Lord. I pray for the backslidden. I pray for the one that hasn't heard you, Lord. I pray that they would all come to the cross, that they would all receive this free gift in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everyone, if you have heard this message, if it is convicting you, I encourage you, come up, receive prayer. Do not leave this house 